Hello, and welcome to the Meet This Mind of Mine podcast. In today's episode, we will critically examine MLMs, short for multi-level marketing companies. Over 103 million people are working for multi-level marketing companies worldwide, the majority of which are women. Female entrepreneurship and financial independence, how empowering, you might think. So, will you be the next boss, babe? Before you say yes, you might want to listen to this. So let's get to business. Multi-level marketing companies differ from regular companies for multiple reasons. Firstly, products are not sold in stores, but can only be bought through distributors. Distributors are individuals who sign with an MLM, stock up on inventory, and try to sell these products to a customer base that they have to build themselves. Secondly, contrary to many employers, MLMs do not pay distributors fixed salaries. Instead, the distributors are told that they are in control of their own paychecks. Simply put, more sales equals more income, or at least in theory. Third, MLMs actively encourage distributors to find others to join the company. To attract new members, three recruitment tactics are used by both MLMs and distributors. 1. Emphasizing possibilities. 2. Highlighting fun, freedom, and flexibility. And 3. Fueling a sense of belonging. Each of these recruitment tactics will be discussed separately. MLMs are the rulers in the land of opportunities. Open to all, Amway's website reads, Educational background and previous experiences are deemed irrelevant as one can learn by doing. There are no entry requirements and no background check or job interview takes place. These easy enrollment processes reproduce the optimistic notion that anyone could make it if they just worked hard. So why does it matter if companies allow anyone to join, one might wonder? Well, it is a serious financial risk for those who get involved. New distributors do not start at zero, as they had to invest in memberships, inventory, and starting kits. It is therefore about generating such a turnover that the investment is earned back and extra profit is made. And no matter how positively these companies perceive themselves, they are often not unique or revolutionary in what they do. The world of sales is highly competitive, so it would be naive to assume that capitalist logic has mercy on starting entrepreneurs. You only find out if you are fit for the job and if you actually have a chance at financial success after fully committing yourself to it. But in most cases, hopes turn into doubt, debt, frustrations, and fears as profits are never made. Autonomy and flexibility are continuously highlighted by MLMs. Theoretically, you are free to decide when and where you would like to work. The idea of total control is appealing, perhaps even more so to women. With women having to rely on their spouses for financial security for decades, entrepreneurship can be depicted as a feminist counter-movement. The notion of the glass ceiling, referring to the structural inability to attain higher positions in the professional field as a woman, might also play a role in the glorification of female entrepreneurship. If you feel that you are being hindered in your efforts for financial success in the workplace, starting for yourself might become more appealing. Female empowerment is something various MLMs promote. Mary Kay allegedly empowers women to do great things, and Avon states that they have committed themselves to celebrate women's power to make a beautiful and positive impact in the world. In addition, 
the job itself is presented as enjoyable. Monat, for instance, speaks of a fun and rewarding business opportunity. No longer do you have to consider faking your own death to avoid work, it seems. However, an ex-distributor who worked for several MLMs speaks of a culture of toxic positivity. She explains that she was instructed to repeatedly tell social media followers how amazing her job was, even when she was struggling financially. In addition, she was told to constantly stay positive, as negative thoughts would lead to putting less effort into the business, which would mean less financial success. A third recruitment tactic used by MLMs is promoting a community ideal, whether that means joining a team of boss babes, making new friends, or becoming part of a sisterhood. Although these are profit-oriented organizations, financial success is positioned as secondary to higher ideals. By carrying out a collectivistic mission, multi-level marketing companies portray themselves as caring and trustworthy, which creates loyalty among members. The supposed community feeling plays a huge role in conferences that are organized by MLMs. During these events, high-ranking distributors convey the narrative that they enjoy a life of happiness and glamour. These stories are shared to take away any doubts as it reminds people of their dreams that are supposedly within reach. And it's working. The testimonials of lower-ranking distributors are filled with hope as they are longing for better lives. The first time I ever went to a convention, it was a pivotal moment in my business because it was my first glimpse of what Lula Row was all about. The community, the energy, the women lifting each other up, one attendee says. Inspiration, bonding, and positive affirmation also play a role on a day-to-day basis. An ex-distributor mentions that she got an overwhelmingly warm welcome when she joined an MLM, something she describes as love-bombing. Love-bombing is the practice of drenching someone with attention, affection, and flattery, usually done by experienced distributors as to awaken feelings of warmth, acceptance, and worthiness in a new member. As becomes clear from the websites and social media of the MLMs, women are actively targeted. Mothers can become role models, showing their children that everything is possible with the right attitude and effort. This is where parenthood meets entrepreneurship as a parallel between the two worlds is drawn. By joining an MLM, mothers are investing in themselves and following the advice they have given their offspring earlier. These stories then portray mothers as knowledgeable go-getters fulfilling their dreams. However, as carefree as it may seem, this is not the reality for many distributors. To start off, the products pose problems. The items are oftentimes more expensive than similar products on the market, sometimes costing up to five times as much. This makes it difficult for distributors to sell to customers. The higher price stems from the multiple commissions to be paid to various higher-ranking distributors. Every new distributor that signs up with the company through you is placed under you, the so-called downline. When a distributor makes a sale or purchase, the person above him or her, the so-called upline, receives a commission. And then there are the recurring investments. In many cases, one is required to buy regularly, making a monthly purchase, for example, in order to stay registered as a distributor or to qualify for commissions. And to make matters worse, some distributors face an extra difficulty, that being time pressure. Food products, such as Herbalife products, do not have an indefinite shelf life. If the items are not sold on time, the distributor will suffer a guaranteed loss. Distributors are continuously encouraged to enthuse people to also join the multi-level marketing company. 
However, there is not an infinite pool of people to recruit. Market saturation is quickly reached, which makes it increasingly difficult to find new distributors. As if this prospect is not depressing enough, another painful truth lies ahead. Distributors are essentially recruiting their own competition, since the newest distributors also need a downline. Multi-level marketing is almost always a losing game from the start. John Taylor, who has analyzed over 200 MLMs, estimates that more than 98% of all distributors will lose money. He even calculated that the chances of succeeding as a distributor are lower than winning at a Las Vegas roulette table. However, this is not what distributors hear. They are told over and over again that they can control their destiny as they are reminded of the lives of those who have made it. Success stories, however, are not representative of the experiences of the distributors as a group. Survivorship bias refers to an exclusive focus on those who have reached the mountaintop, disregarding those who did not succeed. It conveys the optimistic message that wealth is within reach, because look, they have achieved it as well. It might not come as a surprise that a lack of financial success is blamed on personal failure, by calling it a flaw of character, a lack of leadership skills, or a shortage of trust in the system. Either way, Self-responsibility is highlighted as companies take no blame. For some, the social dimension of the job is very important. In home sales parties, during which a distributor presents and sells products, are popular with military spouses, for example. They move around a lot because their husbands are being relocated, so they have to build up a new social network each time. The best way to make friends is by going to these parties, an ex-distributor explains. MLMs present themselves as a community by combining work and family to work for a greater good and a better society. This is where individualism meets collectivism, where entrepreneurship is framed as both a personal investment and as a gift to the world. One of the event attendees summarizes it by saying, This is not only our job, but our purpose in life to help other people to achieve wellness. However, that this feeling of belonging is conditional is exemplified by the story of an ex-distributor of LuLaRoe. She states that after quitting the job, she immediately got an angry message from her upline. And that was only the beginning. It is heartbreaking, she explains. The more I spoke out, the more friends unfriended me. Those who seek a more fortunate future are seduced by the exciting prospect of multi-level marketing. However, it turns into a living nightmare for most. Someone looking forward to a promising career will perhaps ignore these organizations. But what if you're a high school dropout, a single mom, or a middle-aged, undocumented migrant? The emphasis on hypothetical possibilities by these MLMs pushes the truth aside. A truth of overwhelming entry costs, a high loss rate, the lack of a steady flow of income, and the misrepresentation of opportunities. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. But hope is often beyond reason. Believing in the changeability of one's personal position may be easier than collectively recognizing that the cards are not fairly dealt and that inequality divides humanity, regardless of one's potential or commitment. But how are you going to sell that to the public? Thank you for listening to today's episode of Meet This Mind of Mine. If you wish to learn more about everyday topics from an anthropological point of view, make sure to tune in for the next episode. Hopefully see you next time and take care. Thank you.